Hi pros, Lou Santini here, host of Amateur Nation. My dry bar comedy special, Amateur Nation, is now available. And just like this show, if you're allergic to a lack of common sense in today's world, and you like your comedy delivered with uncompromising tell-it-like-it-is bite, then check out my half-hour comedy special, Amateur Nation. Go to drybarcomedy.com slash S. This is my way of saying thank you to the pros who listen to this show every week. Drybarcomedy.com slash S. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast, it's a movement. The honor and remember flag is a nationally recognized symbol that sends a message of appreciation for the sacrifice made by our fallen heroes and their families. The flag flies at many NASCAR races around the country, and you can help honor our nation's fallen military members and remember the eternal sacrifice of their service by flying the flag too. Text FLAG to 71777 or visit honorandremember.org to learn more. Together, we remember them all. Warning, the podcast you are about to hear is often based on true events and people. It chronicles the dialogue and actions of random, anonymous, obnoxious, self-entitled, unintelligent, self-centered idiots, attention whores, ignoramuses, dolts, clods, nimrods, douches, weirdos, drama queens, overly sensitive crybabies, and people who think they are better, more important, and special than the rest of us. In one word, amateurs. Amateur Nation with Lou Santini. You fucking Joe Biden? God, no. I just said I'm Lou Santini. You see, this is the podcast where we call attention to and call out the amateurs. The people who are doing life wrong. The speed bumps of life. The people that are in your way every day. The unintelligent, obnoxious, attention-whoring, self-entitled, drama queen victim types who chip away at the moments of your life due to no self-awareness, common sense, manners, or social skills and are disturbing the flow of the pros. Hi, Mom. Oh, hey, Lou. Amateur Nation. It's not just a podcast. It's a movement. And this is episode 238. Now with 50% more disinformation. Pro Nation first. Shouts out to Jimmy Honeycutt, Buster Lovenberg on Instagram at lou.santini3, and Anastasia Chirokina, 1307 Watcher, and Megan Alexander, and Liam Connect, all following me on Truth Social, at Lou Santini. And MPG Ruguez on YouTube, also at Lou Santini. Here is your post of the week from Jack Posobiec. Epstein has been dead for four years. And no one in Hollywood has suggested making a movie or streaming series about him. Why is that? Here's what's happening in Amateur Nation. Perhaps you had better start from the beginning. Step one. Topic number one. Topic number one. Do you suffer from time blindness? I mean, are you a rude, chronically late amateur? Well, I guess it's time for a special day, week, or month to celebrate your affliction. It's time for Amateur Nation to rally against the on-timists, for you deserve special consideration. I have been made fun of, often, for being very organized and scheduled. You see, as a freelancer that is a self-employed person for about mm, 15 plus years or so, I've always felt that it's that much more important to treat my career in day-to-day business dealings, administrative work, research, writing, performing, etc. to be detail-oriented and organized. 
I can't complain about being broke or not getting work or opportunities if I lounge around in my jammies all day and don't adhere to some kind of daily and weekly schedule. It's what makes this podcast the beacon of hope for pronation that it is. I had a friend back in Los Angeles who got seriously mad when his clients were late to meetings, citing it as a form of passive aggressiveness, to which I agree. I've left dates hanging at restaurants and or at their homes when I either met them for a date or to pick them up when they are very late or chronically late. It's entitlement, as in their time is more valuable than yours. And sure, cars break down, traffic happens, medical emergencies, the unforeseen. But in most cases, a simple courteous call or text alleviates the problem. Now, I'd like to read to you briefly a section from my book, Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. You can download it on Amazon, very reasonably priced. And it says this, let's talk about amateurs who are chronically late. All of us are late now and then due to traffic, slow-moving kids we need to wrangle, work keeping us in the office, illness, oversleeping, losing track of time, etc. It happens. We're human. I'm about to put the smack down on the amateurs who are chronically late. If you're known to always be late, or you yourself admit, I'm always late, and laughingly say, I was late for my own birth and I'll be late for my funeral, well, you're a complete amateur. Stupid plus obnoxious times rude divided by entitled and inconsiderate equals amateur. And as I've mentioned in my book, you only need at least two of those factors to be an amateur of any degree. Being chronically late includes all five factors. Let's run them down. Stupid? Check. In this day and age of clocks and alarms on everything, including phones and home AI devices, computers, and old-fashioned watches and clocks, you're simply stupid if you're chronically late. Well, there is traffic. There are dozens of apps that let you know where to drive and where not to drive. It was really hard getting the kids in the car. Plan your life. It ain't the first time you've put kids in the car. I just, I lost track of time. Set an alarm. Obnoxious? Check especially if the amateur is late for a group function where everyone else, all the other pros, planned their lives, took their time, got organized, and showed up on time. Prove to me and the group how your time is more valuable than mine and ours, and I'll drop it. It's not. You're an amateur. You're not special. Rude? Oh, fucking A. Self-explanatory. See all everything I said above. Entitled? In a passive-aggressive way, it tells the other pro or pros that your time is more valuable and that you don't value the other person's time. And finally, we have inconsiderate. Yes, it ticks the box. Most pros can be reasonable with giving a 5- or 10-minute cushion. You start creeping around that 20-minute mark, or if an amateur is always 10 to 15 minutes behind, that's a you problem, not a pros have to adjust problem. The regular excuses such as, oh, I didn't see your text. Considering just about everyone checks their phones at least, what, four times an hour? Probably ten times that. Or, I lost track of time. Unless you were meditating on a rock somewhere in the wilderness, I ain't buying it. And, I forgot, meaning you're not worth remembering. All fall under the category of amateur. Disrespecting someone else's time is dismissive and unprofessional in every sense of the word. It is amateur to leave someone hanging. In the entertainment business, the rule is, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. Sending a text that you're behind schedule is better than dealing with the awkwardness of dealing with the unspoken tension of arriving late with no explanation. 
Get your shit together, amateurs. And for the pros who keep putting up with the people who are always late, walk away. Cut them loose. Let them be someone else's problem. Funny how these amateurs are never late for their paying job, but you, their friend, they can jerk around. I dated a woman for a couple months a long, long time ago who was an hour late the very first time we went out. And a minimum of 60 to 90 minutes late for the next half dozen times. I put up with it on our first date because it was her first time coming to my place to meet before we went to dinner, and my place can be tricky to find. Not to mention she had to drive 35 miles in L.A. traffic, which could take 35 minutes or three hours. I had known this woman for about 12 years, so I waited and was patient. The second time it happened, her work kept her late, which is understandable, and she texted me a heads up. The third time, it was raining, and in Los Angeles, that's a sign of the apocalypse, and you should automatically double your travel time, regardless of the distance or time of day. But by the fourth time, I was getting impatient and mad. Rather than a heartfelt apology and a little sucking up which would have sufficed, I got the sawi via text and the absurd excuse of, I'm always late because I'm fancy. Instantly, the countdown to ending this farce began, and two dates later, it was done. Amateurs, your time is no more important than anyone else's, and if you're late, be a pro and apologize and mean it. If you're chronically late, you're an amateur, and you get your shit together, rookie. Little excerpt from my book, Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense, Manners, and Social Skills. You can download it on Amazon. But yet... There are people with a serious medical and or mental and or made-up condition called time blindness. Listen to this amateur millennial defend her inability to show up on time. So I just got yelled at for asking a very reasonable question. So I'm applying to go somewhere and I just wanted to know, are there accommodations for people who struggle with time blindness and being on time? Time blindness. I'll organize a telethon immediately. You know. And then the person I was with interrupted and acted like I was asking something else. And then when we were done, they actually started yelling at me and saying that accommodations for time blindness doesn't exist. And if you struggle with being on time, you'll never be able to get a job. Only a true friend tells you the stuff you don't want to hear. You know, provided you're trying your absolute best to be there. And then they're like, your stupid generation wants to destroy the workplace. And yeah, I think that a culture where workers are just cut off because they struggle with being on time when there's other solutions that we can look to. So what exactly would be other solutions we can look to for someone who is rudely, passive-aggressively, and chronically late? And why are we having to look for solutions? So what are these solutions? A, be on time, or is it B, accommodate the amateur behavior? I'm guessing Amateur Nation is going with option B. I think that just anybody who thinks it's okay to just treat people like that, yeah. Shut up! Shut the fuck up! You have no right to take me Shut up! Will you shut up! Shut up! Shut, 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 shut up! Shut up! <laughs> so it's okay to treat people disrespectfully. People who in some instances might be paying you to be on time and do a job. But it's not okay to ask the person who is being paid to be accountable and do their job. Maybe next time this amateur does show up for work, let's see how she feels when she's not paid on time. That culture needs to be dismantled. And then I asked that person, how can you feel good about yourself upholding this kind of system? And then to think, I'm entitled. No, if people think it's okay to treat others like this, uh, that's entitlement. You know, 
just because you put the word entitlement in the incorrect space and context doesn't mean it's accurate. It's not entitlement. It's expectation. And that's inappropriate. Good job, amateur parents. And now this. And now for step two. Topic number two. It's time for This Week in Human Trafficking Ignored by Amateur Nation. Award-winning ABC journalist James Gordon Meek, who debunked Pizzagate, pleads guilty in child porn case. It was discovered that he was actively making plans to rape various young children, saying, and I quote, Have you ever raped a toddler girl? It's amazing. And yet for Amateur Nation, Sound of Freedom is paranoia. I said it before and I'll say it again. If you speak out against or are protecting or denying things like the Epstein Island pedo list or you argue against any form of child abuse or human trafficking as fake news or disinformation, that means you're okay with it, which is just around the corner from participating in it. In other news, João de Deus, which in Portuguese translates to John of God, a spiritual advisor to celebrities like Oprah and Naomi Campbell, was sentenced to almost 371 years inside a Brazilian prison. Oprah's spiritual healer was found guilty of raping and abusing over 600 women and young girls. You're telling me Oprah doesn't know anything about that? He also ran a baby trafficking operation where newborns were sold to childless couples. Young girls were reportedly held captive in remote Brazilian farms where they were forced to produce babies before being murdered after 10 years of giving birth. One activist whose investigations led to John's arrest said she spoke to women from Europe, the USA, and Australia who bought Brazilian babies for as much as $50,000. Among John of God's other fans are former President Bill Clinton, actress Shirley MacLaine, model Naomi Campbell, and former Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. Remember how just two episodes ago I talked about how evil isn't in your face like supervillains in Marvel movies, but rather walks among us, undetected, often under the guise of overt goodness. Listen to this audio clip of Oprah singing the praises of John of God and note how, in true pedophile fashion, uses his kindness as a way to gain trusts of his victims and followers. Listen to this whole lot of nothing interview. Everyone is wearing white. All of his followers, John of God is wearing white. Oprah all wearing white. How can that be evil? They're conducting the interview under a mango tree. And finally note how transparently this man of God, this spiritual leader, how easily it is to pull the wool over the world's eyes. This is the kind of crap that gives religious people, and religion overall, a bad name. Go ahead, play the clip. This is an interview I wasn't sure would ever happen. One of the most famous spiritual healers in the world rarely talks to anyone on camera. John of God agreed to sit down with me under a mango tree on the grounds of the casa. 
a group of his patients gathered to watch. John of God speaks only Portuguese, so Heather Cumming helped translate. Ready, guys? You describe yourself as a spiritual medium. What does that mean, a medium? Medium, I am a spiritualist. As a medium, he's a spiritualist. He believes a great deal in God, and he practices this mission already 55 years. Born on a farm to a family who rarely had enough to eat, Joao Tejera de Fria was the youngest of six children. His father was a tailor, his mother a housewife who also ran a small hotel to make ends meet. Joao left school when he was seven to work in his father's tailor shop. To this day, he cannot read or write. As a boy, Joao says he realized he was clairvoyant when he predicted a terrible storm that destroyed a neighboring village. This event began his journey as a spiritual medium. Are we all, in some sense, missionaries of God? Are we all, do we all have the possibility in our own way to be a medium for God? Everybody is a medium who practices good. And we are all children of God. And each person has their mission. The first time I saw it today, I was humbled by the experience. Because a little bit of this belongs to you. A part of this belongs to you. How so? I don't understand. Because you are human. Well, could the entity tell me, what does human energy look like? Because as I understand it, Each person that comes before you, the entity sees the energy of that person. We have an aura. We have different colors in our aura. So human energy looks like colors? Yes. Various different colors. What does something like cancer look like when you see inside? When he sees cancer, he starts asking, that this be taken away, be removed, um, being God's will, because it is not his, he does not have the power. It is God who has the power. And he prays to have the person's cancer removed by God, if it is his will, if it is God's will. I'm not sure if this is the worst part, of course, but it speaks to the stupidity, naivete, vulnerability, ignorance, and lack of critical thinking displayed by Amateur Nation when, just like facts about climate change, COVID, and the corresponding vaccine dangers, January 6th, electric vehicles, election fraud, men not being able to get pregnant, and all the other conspiracy theories that have come true and or have been proven to be accurate, when amateurs don't want to believe something, They really don't want to believe something because feelings. Feelings. Some followers of John of God have rejected the accusations and harassed reporters who descended on the town on Wednesday for the first public appearance of the healer since the scandal broke, receiving him with loud cheers and applause. Who in the media tricked you? I get it. Someone you know, and or love, and or loved, and or trusted, is found to have committed horrific, unfathomable acts of evil. Proven. Jailed. You don't want to believe it. But over time, and eventually, rational pros, once seeing and or hearing the facts, despite not wanting to believe it, 
and dealing with the pain, do believe it, and immediately decry, denounce, and distance themselves from said evil. They don't rally against the facts because then that would mean they endorse and are okay with that evil. Amateurs would rather be wrong in their feelings than right with facts. See also gun laws, crime stats, the EV hoax, etc. It's more of a conspiracy. Speaking of things Amateur Nation thinks are hoaxes, lies, paranoia, and conspiracy theories, 1,884 athlete cardiac arrests have occurred in the last two and a half years, with 1,310 dead. You remember how all those finely trained healthy athletes with access to the best trainers, food, and modern medicine died prior to 2021. Right, Amateur Nation? That was obviously sarcasm. Check out all my social media links and my direct email on my main website, lusantini.com. And you can check out Sneak Peek Thursdays every week, 7 a.m. Leave a review about this show wherever you listen. Track me down on Instagram, lou.santini3, at lusantini on Truth Social, at lusantini on YouTube, at lusantini Entertainment on Facebook. Finally, a convention for fatties on topic number three next. The honor and remember flag is a nationally recognized symbol that sends a message of appreciation for the sacrifice made by our fallen heroes and their families. The flag flies at many NASCAR races around the country, and you can help honor our nation's fallen military members and remember the eternal sacrifice of their service by flying the flag too. Text FLAG to 71777 or visit honorandremember.org to learn more. Together, we remember them all. There's been an odd shift in human behavior over the last 15 plus years. A sense of entitlement. A constant need for attention. Ironically coupled with the need to be left alone. A desire to be treated the same as everyone else. Stupidly combined with the mindset of, I'm special, so treat me accordingly. Introducing the book, Amateur Nation. The Decline of Common Sense, Manners, and Social Skills. The second edition. Inside, you'll read The Amateur Mission Statement. The 30 Truths About Amateurs. The Four Stages of Being an Amateur. Amateur habitats and history. Social media plus me, me, me equals amateur. Technology and amateur behavior. With dozens of real funny photos, weird signs, and laugh out loud real life accounts and actual conversations vividly showing how us pros are surrounded by amateur nation every day. Download the expanded second edition of the ebook Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. The second expanded edition, available now. Be a pro. Go to Amazon. Type Amateur Nation. Back to you, fuckers. All right, now step three. Topic number three. Hit me! When it comes to your appearance, would you say you have standards? In that you care how you look in public, and also even when you're at home. Or home alone. Look, I understand the need to change into your favorite comfy jeans and your t-shirt when you're done with a hard day's work. I get not putting on full makeup and getting fancy just to run errands or you're heading to the grocery store. But if you do have standards, you understand that people are going to be seeing you and you want to at least look presentable in public, if not wanting to not be a distraction. You know, the people who wear slippers and or pajama pants to the grocery store. I've seen it dozens of times. Same goes for airports. I don't know what it is about airports. People think they're just traveling in bed in the sky. They're ill-prepared should some crisis occur during air travel for sure. Again, 
an excerpt from my book, Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. And by the way, this excerpt from my book leads perfectly in to our third topic. From my book. The critically acclaimed series The Sopranos has my favorite scene that perfectly depicts amateur behavior. Mob boss Tony Soprano and his friend Artie are having a quiet dinner at a very fancy restaurant. Tony's eyeline is distracted due to a customer wearing a baseball cap in this upscale establishment. Tony, played brilliantly by James Gandolfini, gets up and, in only the way Tony Soprano can, abruptly and politely tells the amateur, take your hat off, adding, they don't serve hot dogs here. They took the bleachers out three years ago. The amateur's response, it's my hat. I'll wear it where I want. A few more seconds of dead eye from Tony, and of course, the amateur removes his hat. Even the waiter comes by Tony's table and says, thank you. He gets it. This scene vividly and accurately illustrates the typical amateur thought process. I can do what I want, where I want, because I, in this case, paid for it. Self-entitlement? Check. Disturbing the flow of the pros? Check. Doing life wrong? Check. You might be saying, Lou, who are you to decide who can wear a hat in a fancy restaurant? I didn't. Society did. A society led by pros, and in this case, the owner of the restaurant also did. Have you ever seen those signs in stores or restaurants, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone? Their house. Their rules. As a customer, you're in their house. Just because you're in public, it's still a private business owned by a person who runs it. In that case, one of the house rules was no hats. This isn't sexual, religious, or ethnic discrimination. It's simply a dress code. The amateur may argue, it's just a hat. What does it matter? Admittedly, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't. But this isn't the grand scheme of things. This is a restaurant. This is life. And there are rules. Left unchecked, amateur behavior spreads. It has been spreading exponentially and affects us all. You can't do what you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. Let's just say you want to play in a professional baseball game. You have to play by the rules. Otherwise, you'd have batters running the bases with bats in their hands, knocking out basemen. Players could wear armor. After three outs, teams could say, no fair, we get six outs to burn through because we're special. That's not baseball anymore. That's chaos. If you want to wear a baseball hat or have your pants sagging around your knees or don a onesie in public, then don't eat at a fancy restaurant. Stay home. If you want to eat at a fancy restaurant, dress for the part. To play the game, you got to play by the rules and dress for the part you want to play. And the rules have been in place for a long time and they were decided by the pros. And the pros decided the rules because amateurs were too lazy and disorganized to get things done the right way. If you want to get caught up to the majors and turn pro, this is how it's done. No one is forcing you to play in the bigs. Sadly, if that Sopranos restaurant scene happened in real life in today's world, the man wearing the hat would throw a fit, cause a scene. His date would record the confrontation with her phone, blame the president and or the government on Twitter, scream racism, sexism, or whatever ism best benefited her needs, go on social media and whine, who does it hurt? Start a hashtag movement and lead a protest march after she blasted the restaurant on Yelp and filed a lawsuit, wasting taxpayer time and money, thereby giving attention to this ludicrous behavior. And I'm not exaggerating here one bit. This is the amateur nation we live in. 
we pros are constantly having to do damage control and clean up the messes after the rookie moves that surround us daily. It's amazing anything gets done. Amateurs take the popular quote, dance like no one is watching, much too literally. Amateurs incorrectly translate that to, act like you're at home. The rest of the phrase, dance like no one is watching, should read, but only when appropriate, because otherwise people may punch you like no one is watching. As is with most things in life, you have to pick your moments. From Cleveland.com, your headline, dress code at Akron's Ken Stewart's Grill causes global online fight. Before we get started, let me just say this. I know this restaurant. I've eaten there a few times. I really like this restaurant. It's not cheap. It's not endless fries. It's not a chain. It's indeed a fancy, high-end, get-dressed-up, fine-dining kind of restaurant. Not finer dining, fine dining. A special occasion restaurant for those who can't afford to eat fine dining on the regular. Got it? Got one near you? Can you picture this place? Here's the article. A dress code reminder posted on the Facebook page of Ken Stewart's Grill erupted Friday into global debate. More than 1,400 comments had accumulated and the number was growing. While the topic was the dress code at a fine dining restaurant in Akron, Ohio, comments from around the world reflected a social divide between liberals and conservatives, haves and have-nots, and angry folks with a gripe to air. They weren't limited to Ken Stewart's Grill. The dress code statement on Facebook reads as follows. In response to our patrons' request, Ken Stewart's Grill enforces an upscale dress code for dinner service. We do not allow beach wear. No problem with that. Gym attire. <laughs> Why would you go drop several hundred dollars at a nice dinner and wear your gym clothes? It says uh, gym attire, including sweatpants, sweatshirts, or hoodies, athletic apparel, jerseys, hats, beanies, Bandanas, ball caps, oversized or baggy clothing are prohibited. No excessively revealing clothes will be allowed. Clothing emitting offensive odors is not permitted to be worn anywhere on the property. Admittance to Ken Stewart's Grill is at the discretion of management, who reserves the right to refuse service to patrons who are inappropriately dressed regardless of reservation status. To most people, this was a guideline to attire. Others took it beyond that. Timothy Cramp from Niles, Ohio posted, Now we're not saying no minorities because we legally can't, but try not to raise an eyebrow at how many white people in beachwear we're going to serve. Bob Marshall of Graham, Washington, saw those calling racism as perhaps racist themselves. He posted, Dress codes are racist? So you think people of color are incapable of dressing well? Taylor Ray, who hides her location, is black. She wrote, As a person of color, I don't see this as a color issue. I see this as a class issue. The establishment is seeking a certain class, and it's up to you to decide if you fit within that class. I don't associate black people with baggy clothes and jerseys because I don't wear any of that. So I'm not going to claim a certain style of clothing to a whole community of individuals. People of color are very capable and do dress very classy and are very appropriate for this type of establishment. However, there are individuals of any race who do not... And that's who they are referring to. The article continues, some commenters saw this as a classist infringement on their personal rights. They claim they could dress however they want, wherever they want. 
Michael Simons of Maslin responded to them, Don't like it? Stick to Olive Garden. Want to dress up? Have a classy dining experience like adults? We know where to go. I applaud this. Jake Bradshaw from Dallas and Sophie Lakin of Paris, France, turned to political discussions. Bradshaw wrote, This has literally everything to do with politics. Liberals have just done a good job convincing people that massive social issues are somehow not political. Lakin responded, You're right. Conservatives are the ones taking issue with social rights and have made it a major part of the political platforms. But they aren't inherently. How is this political at all? If you don't want to dress up, don't go. Simple. You don't have to go. And it's privately owned so they can set the rules. This has nothing to do with social issues. The article continues, Dress codes are not a legal issue. As a general rule, there is no federal or Ohio law statute or ordinance that restricts a restaurant or bar from demanding a certain attire notes avery friedman a civil rights attorney from cleveland ohio some fume at this as a violation of their right to dress as they choose as if it were a part of their american dna emotionally i get it the feeling is not unwarranted but there's nothing in the law that bars a proprietor from doing such things the first amendment is a restriction on government in limited expression, not on private clubs and restaurants. That will be a surprise to many. Ken Stewart posted the dress code as a proactive measure. They said, we thought it wasn't fair for people to come here and not be aware of the dress code, said Ken Stewart, owner of the restaurant. We have people saying we're all dressed up. We want to have a nice atmosphere. This has nothing to do with race. It has to do with clothing and appearance. We're upscale. We're not a gymnasium. In regards to the comment by Timothy Cramp from Niles who posted, Now, we're not saying no minorities because we legally can't, but try not to raise an eyebrow at how many white people in beachwear we're going to serve. Where did they say no minorities anywhere in there? Or even better yet, how did you, Timothy Cramp from Niles, Ohio, arrive at that? You saw that. I read this to several people. Not one person mentioned that. That means you're implying that minorities don't have any nice clothes or don't know how to present themselves in an upscale restaurant. That's on you, brah. Also, as an Ohio native, yes, I lived in Los Angeles for 24 years, ate at some damn nice restaurants, but this is Akron, Ohio. I don't have a problem with my city per se. It needs a la ha ha of improvement. But we need every upscale restaurant in Northeast Ohio that we can get. If you want to buy a $50 or $100 steak, dress like you got 50 bucks, motherfucker. Otherwise, go to Friday's and get your $25 steak that includes all-you-can-eat fries and a free soft drink. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Dress how you want at home. But you're in public. And... You know, we're living in a society! Amateur Nation life lesson. You don't get to do what you want, when you want... All the time. Amateur Nation wants me to take an untested gene experiment, but I can't tell you to put on a fucking sport coat. Go fuck yourself, you fucking child. So let me ask you this, amateurs. If you see a sign that says stop, do you say, I have a right to go? If you see a sign that says no skateboarding or no trespassing, you have a right to do whatever you want? If he gets up, we'll all get up. It'll be anarchy. This updated dress code tells me they had to be so specific on what not to wear because amateurs were trying to get away with wearing whatever the hell they wanted. Amateur Nation's attire was not in line with the owner's vision. Let's face it, when you're dressed up, a wedding, a funeral, any fancy occasion... 
You slow down. You talk in a normal tone of voice. Maybe your manners are at the forefront. I know this restaurant. It was always upscale. And if they sense that too many amateurs are getting away with looking like people who should be hanging out at Golden Corral, then good for them. That's called standards. I want to live in a world with standards. We all should want to live in a world with standards, and they should be high. You can have high standards even if you're poor, even if you're uneducated, or you're disabled in some way. Even if I could not afford to eat at Ken Stewart's Grill, I would be very happy about this. I know what I can afford. I have eaten at some very expensive restaurants in my day, and I know I have also missed other expensive restaurants in Los Angeles and Europe that were easily five to ten times more expensive than what I could afford to pay. I know I can't afford those restaurants. Do I bitch and complain because it's not fair that I can't afford it? No, it's just a fact. And don't tell me that being able to afford a restaurant is not the same as having a tire to go to a nice restaurant. It is the same thing. I have never had a problem with people wanting to look weird or unique, said the guy who has had every bad hairstyle imaginable. And I've had perm long blonde hair as a young man. Mullets, parachute pants, jeans with pinstripes kill me. But at the very least... I was always neat and clean and not a threat or a spectacle. When you're a restaurant owner, especially of a high-end restaurant, it's not enough just to have a really good menu of rare food, expensive food, finely prepared food, meticulously prepared food. If you're going to pay that kind of money, wouldn't you want exceptional surroundings? Surrounded by people who understand that this is exceptional surroundings, who can appreciate how expensive this meal is, whether they can afford it every day or it's a special occasion. The restaurant owner, Ken Stewart in this case, had a vision. And it wasn't, hey, you know what? I want a restaurant with really expensive food, but people can wear whatever the hell they want. Why would you go to that trouble? Sure, would you still enjoy that food in your pajamas? Probably. But let me tell you, you will enjoy it more when you get dressed up. I go to a restaurant like that, I go wash my car. I detail my car. Enough with that, I have to express myself and being a slob and letting yourself go and obesity and growing a beard and having a smelly man bun and unshaved pits. Go ahead and do whatever you gotta fucking do. But be ready for some backlash when I say, you stank and you look like shit and you don't belong in here. Get the fuck out. Fuck you and your rights. Sucks to hear that, doesn't amateurs? Remember that? During COVID, we in Pro Nation heard that a lot. Arnold Schwarzenegger, screw your freedom. Except this isn't freedom that is protected by the Constitution. This is called a private business doing whatever the hell it wants. If a restaurant says you can only wear purple, you can only wear purple. They'll deal with the backlash, but for now, they only want people dressing in purple. You're going to complain about that? You want to eat there? Wear something purple. There was a restaurant in Los Angeles. I forget what it was called, and I never got a chance to eat there, but their theme was absolute and total darkness. Their gimmick, their theory, was that by eating in complete darkness, your taste buds and olfactory senses would kick in more. I believe it was a prefix menu served in stages so you could savor each part of the meal. Did blind people get pissy? Did Amateur Nation rise up and say, this isn't fair, I should be able to eat there with the lights on? Find somewhere else to eat. I'm sure the lights will be on. Do you go to an action movie and complain, this isn't fair, I should be able to see romance in this movie. Go to another movie. Funny how when Twitter was censoring everyone, Amateur Nation was saying, it's a private business, they can do what they want, until Elon Musk took over. You have no argument here. 
amateurs. You want to eat at a nice restaurant? Dress the part. And speaking of food... It's time for a la carte. I was commenting to someone the other day how I watched something funny a long, long, long time ago on a VHS tape. And she said, I can't believe you watched recorded shows on VHS. And I said, make all the jokes you want, but it came with a wired remote. Not a wireless remote, a wired remote. And you know what? When I hit pause and stop, it did it instantaneously. No lag time, no going back to the home screen, no 25-second buffering delay, no information was stored, no one had my library, ads didn't start flooding my phone and email based on the Cinemax movie I recorded on my VCR. Stuff worked back then. What, now we have more clarity, a clearer picture? Yeah, we could see it back then. That was enough. Yeah, it doesn't look as cool as a PS5 or your Xbox attached to your $3,000 TV that you bought a year ago, now available for 300 bucks. Smug Hollywood elitist Robert Downey Jr. is solving world peace issues saying that women should run the planet and the entire planet should be a matriarchy. Because as we all know, man bad woman good. Just ask Hillary, all my friends are dead Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, Shannon Doherty, Queen Mary the First, Bob Barker, Eileen Wuornos, Joan Crawford, Lizzie Borden, the cast of The View, my ex, and your third grade math teacher. Lakami James helps kids get gooder education. Or not, not one eighth grader at Lakami James's I Promise School in Akron, Ohio has passed a state math test in three years. Just like LeBron. What did they do that for? Because they're stupid, that's why. Did someone say girl talk? Ladies, how much would you pay to hear a man tell you how to be empowered? $50 a ticket? $25? $10? Not one red cent? Well, you're probably a pro, but... Bud Light Trojan horse Dylan Mulvaney is now asking $40,000 in speaking fees on female empowerment. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. California, the virus state. Now, a not-so-secret Chinese biotech lab was uncovered in California with nearly a thousand mice, 20 potentially infectious agents, COVID tests, and human blood. That should help your listing on Zillow. California is asshole. What have I been saying? Speaking of Chinese stuff, remember just a couple episodes ago when I reminded how China has pretty much no rights or protection for gay people and recently shut down its only LGBTQIA plus ampersand dollar sign exclamation point center and how amateurs still think America sucks and is full of bountiful oppression? Well, if you're oppressed, you could always try Russia. Except that Russia has banned all sex change procedures, trans marriages, and trans adoptions. Again, tell me how America sucks. Hey, Pennsylvania Senator John Lurch Fetterman, where do you stand on the issue of fracking? I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. If your brain were a drug, I'd snort the shit out of it. Three things that are done right. These are pro things. Here they are. Number one. Stop. Hammer time. Here's Newsmax news anchor Wendy Bell telling the viewers what she really thinks about Joe Biden and the Biden crime family with this mic drop. Mr. President, you look mystified most of the time I see you. You don't know where you're going. You have no clue why you're there. You can't speak. You can't walk. So let's just drop the gloves and be real for a moment, okay? I find you disgraceful. But you've hidden from the American people your clear diagnosis, whatever it is. You have it. We all see it. And so does the rest of the world. 
Liberals will say I'm being ageist or ableist, but what I am is a realist. I like honest people, which is why I so thoroughly dislike you. You are a corrupt, lying, farcical shell of a human being. You sold out our national security to enrich yourself and your family. Your son is a tragic disgrace. And isn't it sad that some of us actually feel sorry for the guy? Because all he probably ever really wanted was for you to love him. But you love something else more. You. And this entire made-up story surrounding you. You capitalized on the deaths of people in your family to strike a sympathy nerve to make up for your clear mental mediocrity. But you didn't sell me. And you haven't sold tens of millions of other Americans. Your entire family, sadly, is dysfunction. Nine of you were paid by foreign governments to do what? To look out for the best interests of this great nation? No, to look out for you. We all have issues in our lives. We're all struggling with something or someone. It's difficult, I get it, but our entire lives aren't lies, and yours is. You shut down our energy independence and pushed a bogus money laundering narrative under the guise of climate do-goodery. You caused prices to soar and shelves to go bare. You used the black community the same way you try to use college students in debt, all to stay where you are, protected, guarded, and out of prison. But I think, Mr. President, what you're most guilty of doing is so disgusting and so depraved that your lasting legacy will be simple disgrace. The Biden family will go down as the most corrupt first family in American history. That is why children don't like you, why they pull away from you, and why I have never trusted you. Your judgment day is coming, sir. I hope it was all worth it. Lies, cheating, corruption, cons, bribes, deals, the screwing of America, all because of you. We will teach our children about the Biden name. I promise you, our kids and grands will learn from us what never, ever to be. Numero dos. Only a member of Amateur Nation would think Biden commands any kind of respect or fear around the world. Just ask Sebastian Gorka, formerly deputy assistant to the president of the United States, on how Trump ran the show. Guy who is accused today of being a Russian asset. Do you know what we did when we found 300 Russians running around Syria? Wagner Group guys working for the Kremlin. You know what we did? He called out Mattis and he said, turn them into red mist now. Kill them all. No president since the revolution of 1917 has killed hundreds of Russians in wartime. We did, okay? What happened in Syria when we saw the chemical weapons being pulled out of that airbase again to be used against civilians? Over chocolate cake at Mar-a-Lago, with Xi Jinping eating his chocolate cake, the president leaned over and said, <clears throat> Uh, I just launched 52 uh, cruise missiles on that Syrian air base. He's not interested in dumb wars. He's not interested in fighting other people's wars. But when you cross a line, we will make you extra crispy. That's President Trump. You said Trump would mm -hmm. end the war with uh, Russia and Ukraine. 24. How will he do that? Uh, because Putin's afraid of him. Think about what happened after we killed 300 Russians working for the Kremlin in Syria. Putin didn't even have a press conference. He didn't Putin, even have a press conference. You think Putin is afraid of totally, Trump? Totally, utterly. Why is he afraid of Trump? Because he doesn't know what Trump's going to do to him. And finally, pro thing number three. Oh, and by the way, Amateur Nation, Trump's no racist either. Just ask TV's Judge Joe Brown. Is Trump a racist? I don't think so. I've talked to a number of black entrepreneurs who back in the late 80s and 90s, were early 90s, were trying to get financing. They couldn't. Somebody told them to go check with Donald Trump. So they come back and tell me they got a loan from Donald Trump. He gave them a term loan. Show up with the interest in the principal, one check. 
but they had to go see him personally. They independently relate this tale that when they saw him, he said, this is what you're supposed to pay me? This our agreement? Say, yeah. And then tore the check up, shook the hands, and congratulations. Now run your business. He didn't have any problem with dating a black woman, walking her down red carpets. Most people don't know this. He did was the finance man behind Jesse Jackson's two runs for president. I know, amateurs. You just don't like Trump, but you're still okay with Biden. Come here, amateurs. I want to show you something. Right here. No, no, right here by this ledge. Send a link from whatever platform you listen on to someone who you think would like this show. And feel free to leave a review. My Drybar special is drybarcomedy.com slash L-O-U-S. Want a free, no amateurs tea? Email me something I can use. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast. It's a movement. Remember, amateurs, we see you. You're not at home. Don't do life wrong. Go pro. Don't be an amateur. For Amateur Nation, I'm Lou Santini. And this has been a big major production.